So let's uh, get into the learning part. We have Chav Tesam and Aleph, and we are up to the second line. And the Mishnah had told us that there were five, um, there were five terrible things that happened on Tisha B'Av. When you go through um, the five historical events, the tragic events that took place on Tisha B'Av, that's going to be the majority of Ahmad Aleph, which is going to lead us actually into the halachas, and this is going to be what most of Ahmad Bez is about, is actually the halachas of the nine days, three weeks, so on and so forth, how, how all the halachas of mourning came into play. So here we go. Second line on Chavtes Ahmad Aleph, 29a. On Tisha B'Av, it was decreed that Klal Yisrael is going to spend 40 years in the Midbar. Menolan, what's the source? So listen to this. The Gemara is going to start us out with a mathematical equation. And here we go. Tuchsev, Shteten Pasuk. It was in the first month. We know that's Nisan. In the second year. The Mishkan went up. The Mishkan was put up on Rishchidesh Nisan of the second year after leaving Eretz Yisrael. The Yomar Mar and the Tana taught us. Shana Rishayna Asa Maisha Esa Mishkan. Maisha made the Mishkan the first year after leaving Mitzrayim, and Shnia in the second year, Heike Maisha Esa Mishkan, Maisha Rabbeinu stood up the Mishkan, he established the Mishkan, Visholach Meraglim, and the Meraglim were sent to Eretz Yisrael. Uksiv, Vayihi Bashona Hashenis, it's now the second year, now remember the Mishkan was put up on Rishchedesh Nisan of the second year, so now the second year, Bachedesh Hasheni, what month is that? Er, it was the month of Er, Be'esrim Lachaydash, the twentieth day of Er. me'al Mishkan Ha'edus, the cloud went up from upon the Mishkan Ha'edus. What does it mean? The cloud went up. We know that Klal Yisrael followed the the cloud for traveling. So if the cloud went up on the twentieth day of Er, that means that Klal Yisrael is now starting to travel. Uksiv, and it says. Where did we travel? We traveled on the, uh, we traveled Mehar Hashem from the mountain of Hashem. We traveled for three days. So now we're in Nisan Iyar. It's the second month. It's the month of Iyar. So far so good. We got the Torah on either sixth or seventh of Iyar, right? I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. That was in Sivan. I'm sorry. We we we're in the month of Iyar, the second month. Now, we traveled for three days. So we went from the 20th day of Iyar. We didn't yet, uh, we're now a year later. So we didn't yet get, uh, we're now at the 23rd day of the month of Iyar. Rabbi Chama Bar Chanina says, It was that day that we turned away from the Rebbe Nishleim. Three days after we started traveling. Uksiv. And the Pasuk continues and tells us, Vaha'asafsuf, and those who were mixed into Kal Yisrael, Asher Bekirbay, that were amongst us, his Avu Taiva, they made a Taiva, they created a desire. Vayyivchu, Vayashuvu, 
and we turned Vayibchu and we cried, Gam B'nei Yisrael, e also the B'nei Yisrael. Uksiv, and it says, Ar Chaydesh Yom It was a month of days in time. Okay, now a month of days in time we know is 29 or 30 days. An exact month is 29 days, 12 hours, 44 minutes, and three and a half seconds. So we're now leading up to the 22nd day of Sivan, Uksiv, and it says, after the 22nd day of Sivan, Miriam now got Saras. So we couldn't travel for the seven days that Miriam was put away. So uh, was, was outside the camp. So it's the 22nd day of Sivan, Miriam gets Saras. She's out for seven days. She's coming back when? On the 29th day of Sivan, which is 29th day, Uksiv. And then it says, when Miriam came back, now is when the Miraglim were sent out to Vitanya. And we learned in Ebraisa, it was the 29th day when Miriam came back that Shalach Miraglim, the Miraglim, the Shalach Maisha Miraglim, Maisha sent out the Miraglim, Uksiv, Ayashuvim, Itor, Ares, Mikes, Ibrahim, Yoim. So they left on the 29th day of Sivan. And they spied out for how many days? 40. So you have the 29th day of Sivan, and we're going to go 40 days later. So let's do the math. Sivan, Tammuz is 30 days later, 29th day of Tammuz, and then 10 days in Ta'av is Tishaba. Okay? Says the Gemara, But you're missing one because usually we assume that Sivan only, that uh, Tammuz that year, you, as we learned, usually has 29 days instead of 30. So the Gemara is bothered why we're counting 30 days of Tammuz, which the Gemara responds that year there were 30 days. Even though usually Tammuz had 29 days, this month, this year it had 30 days. As we know, it says in the Apostle, He called a Mayed, which, was, which broke down Bahurai, my young men. It's a pasuk from uh, a pasuk from Eicha, letting us know that that uh, there were thirty days in Thomas. Okay, bottom. What does it mean? There was a it was a yamtif. They had an extra day of Rosh Chodesh. There were two days of Rosh Chodesh. Okay, so so far we're getting some clarity over here. We're we're following along the schedule. The twenty ninth day of Sivan, the Maraglim were sent. We're now going to forty days later, and the Maraglim are now. Uh, on the 40th, uh, really the 40th day, you have to know whether it was, we're going to learn it, we're about to see it was Reish Chayda, it was Erev Tishabav, right? Because Tishabav really is going to be the 41st day. And um, they, everybody lifted up their voices, and they cried, the nation, on that night. What happened? Listen to this. The Miraglim came down on day 40, which was right before Tishabav. Erev Tishabav. Omar Lahem HaKadosh Baruch And HaKadosh Baruch says, Atam Bechisam Shalchinam. They brought down the news, Erev Tishabav. So when was the night that we cried? Tishabav night. The Baruch says, You're crying Chinam. Unnecessarily. What are you crying for? I promised you Eretz Yisrael. I told you I'm going to take care of you. What are you, what are you crying for? 
You cry for no reason, I'll give you a reason to cry for all generations. Here's what's so important for us to know. A lot. However, besides for all the messages, the miraglim, very often we make a mistake and we say, oh, why is there Tishabov? Why is there the Chorban? Because of the Chet HaMiraglim. Because of the sin of the spies. And we kind of blame the spies. The Gemara is letting us know that's a mistake. The, the Tishabov is not for the spies, Lush and Hara. Tishabov is because we cried by being Mikabel, the, the Miraglim's Lush and Hara. Their Lush and Hara took place on Cheshba'av. That's when they spoke. We cried. It's Kalal Yisrael's fault. It's the, it's, the, it's the community's fault. We all did it. It wasn't just the Chet. And the, they started it, granted. But it's our crying that took place on Tisha B'av. The Lashon Hara was Erev Tisha B'av and the Bechia Shalchinam took place on Tisha B'av itself. Also notice the word Chinam. Because as we know, the Beis HaVikdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam. There's so many, what a beautiful message. There's so many things that happen. Why? Because we unnecessarily, for no point, for no gain, caused these things. We were Makabel, the Lashon Hara of the spies. It was unnecessary. Sinas Chinam. What's Sinas Chinam? Unnecessary. Whenever we involve ourselves in things, Situations that are unnecessary and impact our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that's destruction. Okay. Why do you say? Why do you say? And they came back with reports. Right. And the Gemara says so, that we cried a bechia shalchinam, an unnecessary cry. But if you get a report from your leading uh, spies that this is the situation. No, not, not if Hashem promised me Eretz Yisrael. Hashem promised me Eretz Yisrael. We have the spies coming along and saying, you ain't going to get it. Right. That's an unnecessary cry. So that we should have argued against them. That's right. We should have said, well, it doesn't matter if they're strong. It doesn't matter what you think about Eretz Yisrael. Because like Baruch Hu promised it to us. I'm going to go get it. So that should have been our response. Correct. Correct. There's no reason to listen to the kid brother, so to speak, the little, the, the, these little maraglim. When you have, when you have the father, when you have a kaddish baruch who already told us what we're going to get. No, but if God promised, then if God promised us, that's it. We should have sent the maraglim. Uh, that's a good question. So that's part of the the Torah over there. So what Maisha Maisha didn't want to do it originally, but ultimately he agreed. But the das was the thought was let's look for the best strategy how to conquer Eretz Yisrael, how to enter, but not to come back and tell us not to do it. That's a good answer. Yeah. Okay. Says the Gemara, fine. So that explains how we know that the crying of the Miraglim in the Midbar, uh, and the crying of Klal Yisrael in the Midbar took place on Tisha B'av. And that was a tragic event number one that took place. Now let's get into tragic event number two. Charav Habayis Barishayna. The first base Hamikdash was destroyed on Tishabah. Tikhsiv. How do you know that? Because it says, The fifth month. 
What's the fifth month? Fifth month from Nisan, Av, right? Nisan Er Sivan Tammuz Av, number five. Bishiva Lachaydesh on the seventh day of the month. This is the okay Zion of Shiva Ba'av. He shnas to Shas Rishon of the Melch Bukhanezar. It was the 29th year in Bukhanezar's reign. Melch Baba bought a Buzaradan. It was Radan came, Rabbi Tabachim, the head butcher. Evan Melch Baba, Bishalim, a Yusuf is based on Shem Gaimer. He came and he burnt it on the seventh day of Av. Now you should be bothered already, right? Let's keep reading so to get more confused. And it was in the month of Av on the tenth day of Av. He shnas tishas rishon lemelach nebuzarad nebuchad netzar nebuchad retzar melach bavel bonebuzarad and rab the bachem amal lefnei melach bavel b'yushlayim v'goymer. Okay, vitanya, and we learned in a brisa we got a problem because we're talking about the seventh, we're talking about the tenth. We learned in a brisa yev shalom ar b'shiva shereik varnam ar be'esar yev shalom ar be'esar shereik varnam ar b'shiva. The, what, we're, we're too confused here. Yeah, what do you mean? Is it the seventh month it was burnt? The, te- the seventh day of the month it was burnt? Was it the tenth day of the month it was burnt? What exactly happened over here? So, says the Gemara to, to wrap it up for us. Okay, Tzad. What ultimately happened? Here's what happened. Nebuch. B'shiva. On the seventh day of Av, Nichnesu Nochrim Lahichel. That's when the Goyim Entered the Beis Hamikdash. They entered the Heichal, the Achlu, the Kilkalu, Boy Shvi, Bishmini, and they partied and they transgressed, and they did all the terrible things that we read about for two days in the Beis Hamikdash. They brought all their harlots in. They did every, They did all their avodah They spent two days just bringing impurity all over the place. Utishi, and then on. Tisha B'Av, on the ninth day of Av, Samuch L'Chashecha, right before Shkia, right before sundown, sunset, Hitziu Bayasa'ar, they set fire to the Beis HaMikdash, and the fire raged for the entire tenth day of Av. So you know what happened on Tisha B'Av? On Tisha B'Av, the Beis HaMikdash was not really destroyed. The Beis HaMikdash was set fire to. This is the first Beis HaMikdash. And it started to burn. Shenemar Ailanu, woe to us, Kipona Hayyim, that the day is going away, ki notu tsole erev, as the evening is coming close. And this is why Rabyechanan also said, if I was the rabbi, if I was the guttle in that generation, like Kavativella Basiri, I actually would have made Tishabov on Yudbaav. I would have made the day of mourning on the tenth day because Mifnesha Rubai Shalhechavainisa, most of the destruction really happened on the 10th day of Av, which, by the way, is why there are, per, there are certain halachas that apply until midday on the 10th day of Av, right? After Tisha B'Av, there are certain things you're still not allowed to do until Chatzais of Yud B'Av. Why? Because of this. Because the Beis HaMikdash continued to burn. The Rabbanon, ask the Gemara, why Taka did the Rabbanon say that Tisha B'Av, it's the 9th day that should be observed as morning? They say because that, that was when the Beis HaMikdash started to burn, and when things start, that's the main part. Granted, everybody's in agreement. Most of the Beis HaMikdash ultimately was burnt on the 10th day of Av. But since the Rabbanon of that generation held, since the fire started on Tishabov and the destruction started, that's the main thing to focus on.
Okay. So that was um, tragic event number two of Tishabov. What was tragic event number three on Tishabov? Ubishnia. The second base of Mikdash was destroyed. Okay? Manala. How do we know the second base of Mikdash was destroyed on Tishabov? Says the Gemara something very important. Even though we know the Rabbi Nishalim constantly is running the world and there's no statistics, we do believe in a concept of mazel. And there are certain days that have mazel for good tidings for Kal Yisrael and other days that have mazel nebuch for bad tidings for Kal Yisrael. Amru, they said, Kishacharav, Beis HaMikdash, Bari Shaina. When the first base of Mikdash was destroyed. It was, it was Erev Tishba. And the first base of Mikdash was destroyed going into Sunday. And it was a year following Shemitah. And the Mishmar of Yahayariv was working in the base of Mikdash. The Levim were standing there singing on their platform. What was the Shira they were singing? Interestingly, they weren't singing the Shira of Sunday. They were singing the Shira of Wednesday, which was, took Klal Yisrael's own actions and turned it against them and cut us off. We didn't have time to say, that Hashem will cut them down. The Goyim had already come in and, and uh, conquered them. And the same thing happened by the second Beis HaMikdash. Says the Gemara. How do we know that the second Beis HaMikdash took place, the destruction took place the same day as the first Beis HaMikdash? Because you see from here that Tishabov was the day, uh, the, the same way we find earlier that the, by the first base of Megos that it was on this day following a Shemitah year, so too that it took place with the second base on Megdash and uh, a Yom Chayv repeats itself. So days of bad mazel, says Gemara, you see from here that days of bad mazel uh, end, up, uh, end up repeating itself. And as we're going to see, Be'ez um, Hashem a little bit later on, the importance that when somebody has, we're going to learn on um, the bottom of our Ombud and going into Ombud Bays, the importance of a Yid being careful. If you ever have a court date or something where there could be a potential Tzara to stay away from the month of Av. And as we're going to learn, keep it in the month of Adar. But that's a little sneak peek. And let us continue. So far, we listed three tragic events and proved that they happened on Tisha B'av. What were they? In the Midbar, we cried from the Maraglim. We have the first Beis HaMikdash being destroyed and the second Beis HaMikdash being destroyed. What was the fourth, the fourth tragic event of Tishabov Nilkada Beitar? Beitar was conquered, Gemara, that is passed down through us through our Messiah. And the fifth tragic event that took place on Tishabov was Nechresha Ha'ir, Yerushalayim was plowed over. Tanya, we learned in Abraisa. Kishacharash, Tornus Rafas Harashas, Echel and Tornus Rafas was plowing by the Hechel. Nigzur Gzera, Rabbi Gamliel, Ariga. They made a Gzera, they made a decree 
that in honor of this important event, they're going to kill Rabbi Gamliel, who was the Nasi of Klal Yisrael. Nebuch, he felt the need to add to his party. A righteous Gentile came. And he walked into the shul, into the base medrash, and he called out a warning. Baal Hachaitim, the one with the big nose, Mizbakesh Balachaitim, Balachaitim, Mizbakesh Balachaitim, Mizbakesh. The one with the big nose is wanted. What does it mean, the one with the big nose? The Mepharshamir explained that the same way the nose is the most dominant and prominent uh, part of the face, that's what's most noticeable. He was hinting, he couldn't say it outright, because again, we're going about to see he was a righteous Gentile. He was actually warning Rebbe Gamliel that the office, he was a Roman officer, but he was warning Rebbe Gamliel that the guards are going to come get him. So he says, the one with the big nose, he was, he was hinting to the people of the Beis Medrash that Rebbe Gamliel, who's the most prominent amongst you, the face of Klal Yisrael, the face of the Beis Medrash, the prominent one of the base Medrash, is about to be gone after by the government. Shamar Gamliel ran and he hid. And this righteous officer came to Gamliel privately and he says, Listen, if I save you, will you promise me? Gamliel said, I promise you. Listen to what he did. Swear to me. Gamliel swore to him. He says, Oh, I got a promise. And he committed suicide. He jumped off a roof. Why did that help? Listen to this Gemara. What did he promise him? Rabbi Gamliel promised him that this officer, he said, if you save my life, you will go to Elam Haba. So the officer jumped off a roof and died. How did that save Rabbi Gamliel's life? Listen to this. It's fascinating. Ugamiri, the Romans had a tradition. If they ever made a decree... And a Roman officer died right after the decree. They took it as a bad sign that it was a mistaken decree and they nullified the decree. Okay? Amazing, right? It's Lahavdil. Lahavdil, you know, there's, it's, brought down, there's a, it's brought down that if there's ever a death in a family, the birth of a son in the family removes, removes the, the, the bad omen. For the family. Okay? The, the Romans had a zach. Whenever they made a decree, if something bad happened to them, that was a God-given sign, get rid of the decree. That's why he jumped off the roof. By him committing suicide, he saved Rebbe Gamliel's life because the decree against him was nullified and... Uh, Basco came out and said, this Roman officer is destined for Eilam Haba. Tanu Rabban on the rabbis learned, and so shall we. Mishachar of Abayas Parishayim, when the first disease was destroyed, Neskabtsu, Kitais, Kitais, Shalperche, Kudum, Efatvez, Hechob, Yodon. They saw, the young Kahanim saw what was happening. And they took all the keys of the Beis HaMikdash, and they yotz, v'alu l'gag, Hechel, they went up to the roof of the Hechel. And they said, and by the way, this is not an easy daft to learn. This is, this is a, you know, it's, it, 
halavai, it should help us yearn more and more that the gula should come now. It's, it's, so, it's so difficult to learn these gemaras about the destruction. These young kahanim, who all they knew was working in the base of Megdash, they went up to the roof. Since you don't trust us to be your treasurers, here, take your keys. The base Hamikdash is about to be destroyed. We're no longer, you don't trust us to run the base Hamikdash. Take your keys. They threw it up to Shemayim. The Yotza came pisas yad, something that looked similar to a hand, came down from Shemayim, the Kibaltin him and caught the keys, accepted the keys. The Haim, Kavtsu, Venaflu, and they jumped into the same fire that was destroying the Beis Hamikdash. Valeim, Kainin, Yeshio, Anavi, and Yeshio, Anavi gave a kinna about these young Kahanim. He says, Masa, Gechi, Zayim. The, 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 um, the uh, vision that we had in the valley of visions of that which we see, referring to Yerushalayim, where, which had the Shekhinah, Malach Eifoy, where are you now? Ki Alisa Kulach Legagais, that everybody's going up on the roofs. Tisos Ir before there was so much happening, Kirya Aliza, everybody was dancing around, like Chalei Cherev, like Mesei Mochama, there was not a single... There was not a single crime. There was no n- nobody harmed. There was no war. And even HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself says that he's, he's crying about what's taking place on the mountain of, of uh, the Harabayas. Period. End of that Gemara. So hard to fathom what... You know the, the 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 shock. As much as we're not shocked, because we we hear about the korban, and to us it's just part of history. But th- that dar, that generation, they they were in shock as to what was happening. They mamish were the bright star of everything, of the entire world, and we just klal just fell apart. And not only did we fall apart, we were trampled on by the vermins of society. So it wasn't just like there were other Cheshuvah powers that were coming at us. It was the lowest of the low. Like nobodies. The, 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 these low-life Hitlers. Like who like, were Yidden. And like these like nothings are coming along. It was just it, people couldn't think. They couldn't, it was just, it was too shocking. It was the whole, everything was just, it was just trauma. It was trauma after trauma after trauma. When Ab comes in, says the Gemara, we limit our Simcha. Let's get a little bit of a taste for Pirim. Let's get a little bit of a smile on our faces. The same way when Abstar comes in, we're memayet besimcha, we limit the joy. There's joy in Ab. It always needs to be happy, but there's a limit. Kach mishenichnas adar marbin besimcha. So too, when Ab comes in, we're marbin besimcha. Why? Because it's kach. Isn't that interesting? We just hear this like, oh, okay, Ab, we limit the sadness. 
Adar, we add to the joy. But the Gemara is comparing the two. You know why? It's very simple, actually. Why are we limiting joy in Av? Because it's a time of Tzara for Kal Yisrael. Well, the same, t- the same way, whenever there's a Tzara, you're supposed to take it as a sign, so too, whenever there's tremendous Nisim, you have to take it as a good sign. So when you have Purim, and then you have Pesach coming up a month later, if you're going to have me at Zimcha by Av, so now whenever you have a miracle, Avada, you got to use the same logic and say, uh, and say, now we got to add. Now it's a time of tremendous mazel. Yeah, Rebbe, what do you, Rebbe, Rebbe, what do you want to say? Yeah, Vada. The Yid still has to buy the Simcha. That's right. A lesser Madrega. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we're just Mimayit. And by uh, Purim as well. We're Marba. That means we were happy all along, right? We got we to gotta add to the Simcha. All right, here we go. Top of Amad Beis. Rav Papa tells us an important uh, practical piece of advice that a Yid needs to know because of this. Amar of Papa, Top of Amad Beis. Hilkach, therefore, Bar Yisrael, Deslu, Dina, Bahadi, Nachri. If you ever have a court date in a non-Jewish court, make sure to try to push it off and not have it done in the month of Av. It's not a good month for the Yidin. Try to push it off. And uh, if a person ever finds an opportunity to have a court date in Adar, it's Kedai, the Bari Mazle. That's when it's good time for Klal Yisrael. Okay. Now that we said... Um, now that we said this statement of Rav Yehuda Bereder Rav Shmuel Bar Shilas that the same way when Av comes in we limit the Simcha when Adar we expand the Simcha we're now going to go on a, a, a small list just two more situations that have nothing to do with this but also statements of Rav Shmuel Bar Shilas it says the Pesach in Yirmiya that that uh, in the Gullus, there's going to be an, an entit, the tikva, there's going to be hope. These are referring to palm trees and clay pishta. Okay? Um, things that you're going to make, be able to use as, uh, as linen. What does that mean? That even in Gullus, in a time of Tsar, our physical needs are going to be, uh, there's still going to be in certain elements of comfort. Yitzchak, when giving the brachas to Yaakov, he says that he smells like an Eden. Referring to Gan Eden, that the garment that Yaakov wore when he when he ate, when Yitzchak felt him was the same garment that Adam wore in Gan Eden at the time that he did the Avera. Now, interestingly, it says tapuchim, which is where people come to make a mistake that the chet egel, I'm sorry, that the chet of Adam and Chava was with an apple tree. But interestingly, if you look at the Rishonim here, including Taisvis, they, uh, it seems most Rishonim hold that the fruit that Adam and Chava ate in Gan Eden was an esrug, which, ha- which is unique, it's a unique type of fruit in as much as it has a very pleasant aroma. It has a very pleasant smell. And this was the smell that Yitzchak had 
when Yaakov was right in front of him. Period. Okay. Here we go. Two dots. We're now about eight, nine lines from the top of Chavtes Amud Beis. We're now till the till the top of tomorrow's daf. We're going to get into the uh, a, a fascinating discussion about the what laws of mourning exist because of the destruction taking place on Tishabov, and when the laws and minhagim of mourning start. Is it on Tishabov itself? Is it the week of Tishabov? Is it from Rishchaydish Av? So let's get going. The, the week of Tisha B'av, you cannot take a haircut or do laundry. Now let me ask you a question. I shouldn't ask a question. I'm going to make a ha'ara. Because, interestingly, it seems the entire week, even after Tisha B'av, right? When the Mishnah says that it's usher to take a haircut or do laundry the week of Tisha B'av, that seems to imply whatever week Tisha B'av's in, both before and after, you can't do this. Interesting. Throwing it out there because it's going to end up being part of uh, an opinion later on. All right. It's only forbidden to do laundry that you want to wear during that week. This is a, a very often asked question that people ask. Rabbi, can I do laundry that I don't need right now? But I'm going out of town after Tisha B'av and I don't want to leave all my smelly clothes in the laundry. I'm just going to wash it and put it away. I'm not going to use it. Can you do laundry the week of Tisha B'av to just put away? Says Rav Nachman, yeah. You could do that. The problem is having clean, fresh clothing to wear. But if you're just going to put away, no problem. Rav Shesha, some Rav Shesha says, no. Afilu l'chabes laniach aser. Omar of Sheshas Tedah the Butli Katsri the Beira. Okay? Now, why? Why can't I do laundry the week of Tishabah? The answer is because it's distracting from the morning. The week of Tishabah, we're supposed to be thinking about the Khorban. And there are certain activities which get in the way. There are certain activities that get in the way of recognizing the morning, thinking about the morning. And therefore, says Rav Sheshas, even to launder clothing that you're not going to wear is going to be forbidden. Masev Rav Amnun, that's a challenging question. On Thursday of the week, you're that allowed to do laundry for Shabbos. Now, why are you allowed to launder your clothing? If you want to do, if you want to do your laundry because you want to wear it, my covered Shabbos. How's it covered Shabbos to do laundry to wear your clothing on Thursday? It must mean that you're doing laundry because you want to put it away for Shabbos. And it's only mutter to wash it on Thursday. But the rest of the week is going to be usher. As you see from here, a rioter of Sheshes, that it's usher to do laundry during the week of Tisha B'av, even if you're putting it away. Why? Because all it says is, you could do laundry on Thursday for Shabbos, which is in two days. That's when you could do it to put it away. But otherwise, you can't just do laundry to put it away. Says the Gemara, no. Maybe it means that, that uh, um, you're allowed to do laundry on Thursday to wear it on Thursday. We're dealing with, um, I'm sorry, not to wear it on Thursday. You're doing laundry on Thursday. Listen to this. You only have one shirt. So what? 
the Omar Rav Asi Omar of Yechanan, Misha in Layala Khalagakhar, if only has one shirt, Mutil Khabsoi, Bakhali Shomayid, and the same thing would apply during this week. The same way during Khalamayid, if you only have one shirt, you're allowed to wash it in order to make sure that it's not full of schwitz and it doesn't get bugs on it and it's for your hygiene. So too, if it's ever for a need of uh, if it's ever for a hygienic need, it's gonna be mutter to uh, to launder it during the week of Tishabov as well. It Manami we learned and a Bryce, we learned uh, similarly. I believe it's a Brisa. Rabbi Yaman, no, it's an Amira. Okay, so it's not a Brisa. Over Rabbi Yaman, I'm Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Yaman says in the name of Rabbi Lazar, it's only us to launder your clothing that you want to wear. But if you're doing your laundry uh, just to get out of your way, if you're not doing it to enjoy, you want fresh clothing, <coughs> he holds it's mutter. Okay. That's a challenging question. Also, the Chavis of Tishbab, the Brisa says, You're not allowed to do laundry for Tishbab. Even if you want to put away for after Tishbab. And the Giyot Shalanu, what is the Giyot Shalanu? It's describing the type of, of uh, clothing that we, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, the, the type of laundry that we do. He says, Our type of Giyot is Kibot Shalahem. The same way that we do laundry. Elsewhere, uh, while they were in Gullus, that is considered the laundering that they used to do in Eretz Yisrael. Meaning there's various ways that you could do laundry. I'll give you an example. You're allowed to spot clean. You're allowed to spot clean a garment during the nine days. You're not allowed to wash it. Why? Because that's not the kibbutz shalahem. Spot cleaning something is not the, is not the laundering that was, uh, that was done earlier. Okay, so he's just pointing out that the giyot type of laundering that they did in Bavel is also going to be and linen garments. It's not going to be a problem of giyot. You will be permitted to wash it. We uh, will be permitted to wash it in that way. So you see over here that you're not allowed to do laundry even if you're putting it away. Says the Gemara to Yufta. Okay, you're right. You're not allowed to do it. Shalach Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Guri Yemishmein Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Gurye sent in the name of Rabbi Yechon. Even though we said that clay pishton, you're allowed to wash. It's not going to be the issue of giyots and bavel. Still can't wear it during the week that Tishabah falls out. So now we're introduced to a new idea, which we're familiar with in halacha, and that is there's also an issue not only of doing laundry, but wearing fresh laundry. You hear what he says? He says, even though you're allowed to wash it, it's usher to wear it in the week that Tishaba falls out. Got it? Because of a separate issue of wearing fresh pressed garments. Oh my Rav. Rav says, Laishanu Elulafana. This that we say you can't do laundry the week of Tishabov means until Tishabov. But once Tishabov is over, Tishabov falls out on Tuesday. You're not allowed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday's Tishabov. Now Tishabov's over. You can start doing laundry after Tishabov. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're good. Ushmul Lamar Shmuel says, no. When the Mishnah says no laundry the week of Tishabov, it means Tishabov's Tuesday. 
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. The entire week is usher to do laundry. That's the opinion of Shmuel. Says the Gemara, one second. Mace that's a challenging question. The week that Tishba falls in, you cannot cut your hair or do laundry except for on Thursday. On Thursday, you can do laundry. What's the case? Tishba falls out on Sunday. You can do laundry for the entire week. What does it mean the entire week? We're assuming Monday through Friday. But let's say Tishba falls out on Friday. Thursday, Erev Tishba is going to be okay because of Shabbos. And if you did it, you could even do it on Tishabov right, uh, right before Shabbos as long as it's ready. The Zman Mincha. So, some say it was a Bay, and they said, whoa, 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 whoa. Anybody. Who dares listen to this opinion of when Tishma falls out on Friday, doing their laundry after Zman Mincha on Friday should be cursed. Okay, let's keep going. So immediately, as soon as this was said, there was a big protest thrown against that statement. But let's keep going. What if Tishma falls out on Monday or Thursday? Okay, what's the Kriya Satira? So we know Monday and Thursday, we read from the Torah anyway. So if Tishma falls out on Monday or Thursday, we're going to have three alias, and the third one's going to be Maftir. If Tishma falls out on Tuesday or Wednesday, there's one aliyah to the Torah. Whether it's Monday through Friday, we're always going to have three alias and one reading Maftir. Okay. Bottom line is, says the Gemara, why do we list this whole fascinating b'risa, which you know not, a lot of it is not a lachalamaisa, nor a lot of it is impractical, because there are certain days of the week that Tishbub, according to our calendar, cannot fall out in. But bottom line is, says the Gemara, why do we list this b'risa? Tiyufta de Shmuel. We have an upslug on Shmuel. Why? Because clearly, the b'risa says, across the board, laundering is usr until Tishbub. We went so far as to say, Tishabov afternoon, you can already start doing laundry. Because once Tishabov's over, there's no prohibition. You could do your laundry. Shmuel, what are you talking about when you say that the week of Tishabov, you cannot do laundry until Tishabov and after Tishabov? That's not true. There's no opinion like that. You're wrong. You're refuted. Amar Lach Shmuel, Shmuel's going to respond. And Shmuel says, granted, I don't fit with that price, but guess what? I've got a different, uh, I've got a different set of big shoulders to rest my opinion on. Tanoihi, it's actually a tanoim. The Tanya, we have another price which says, Tishabov Shabbos, when Tishabov falls out on Shabbos itself, the Chain Arab Tishabov Shabbos, and when Tishabov falls out on Sunday, you can eat as much as you want on Shabbos. Drink whatever you want. And have as much food as you want. You're not allowed to cut your hair. Now we're getting into already Armin Hagim from Rosh Chodesh, what we call the nine days. Okay? 
until the tainus. Now let it uh, take a haircut or or uh, do your laundry. Divrei Rabbi Meir, this has been a Rabbi Meir. However, Rabbi Yehuda Aimer, Kol Achaydes Kulayaser. Rabbi Yehuda says the entire month of Av, there's no haircuts and laundering. Rabbi Shimon, oh yeah. uh, by the way, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, all of a sudden we're starting to feel like we have the good end of the deal. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, fine. Just the. Rabbi Shimon, Aimer. It's usher for that week. It's not usher the entire month. It's usher for that week. Shmuel seems to be following Rav Gamliel. Rav Gamliel is saying that entire week is usher to take a haircut and to do laundry. Hence, Shmuel, which we thought we blew him out of the water by showing a brisa which clearly states that once Tishabov is over, all these things are allowed, says granted, but I have Rav Shimon Gamliel to rely on. Rav Shimon Gamliel says it's the entire week of Tishabov, and I am. Um, I, you can't disprove me. I've got my own big shoulders to hang on. Vitanya Idach says the Gemara, and we have another brisa, which says Vinayeg Evel We do particular actions of Avelos for nine days. From Rashidesh Av until Tishabov, Div Rabbi Meir. Rabbi The entire month of Av, you have to act like an Avil. The entire week. Now, what's the reason for each opinion? All three opinions of whether you are an Avil for nine days, or whether it's the entire month, or whether it's only the week, entire week of Tishabov, are all darshaning. One pasuk, the chsiv, because the navi says, "Vehishavta kol mesusa." I'm going to bring all sasaim, all joy, chaga on her yamim tovim, chodsha on her month, the shabbata and her shabbos. What does that mean? Manda amar meiresh chaydesh vaad tainis, according to Rabbi Meir, who says it's nine days. From Rishchidesh until Tishabov, top of Amud Beis, he said, "How does he dash in the pasuk?" He says, "It's from Mechaga, from the Chag of Tishabov. That's when the Avelus starts." And again, the pasuk said, "Chaga Chadcha Vishabot." Okay, he starts from the Chag. It lists the month. May Shabbat. Okay? It's going from the Shabbos itself. Omar Rava Rava says, Halacha Kerev Shimon Mengamliel. Halacha Lemaisa is like Rev Shimon Amliel that it's forbidden to take a haircut and, and do laundry the week of Tishabov, both before and after. We don't do that. So let's keep going. Omar Rava, no. Rava does not know. The halacha is like Reb Meir, who says nine days. A little more in line with us. Or at least the Sfarda. Yeah? Nine days from Rishchidoshav until Tishuba. Let's get ourselves to the two dots on tomorrow's daf. And both, um, and both Rava saying halacha Reb Shimming Amlil and Rava saying halacha Reb Meir, how can he say both? Lakula. 
he wants us to pull out the lenient halachas from each opinion. Utricha. And here's how it works. This is what's going on. Diashmin halacha Rabbi Meir. If Rabbi will just say halachas like Rabbi Meir, that it's the nine days of Rish Chaydesh Tal Tisha B'Av. Have I mean, I would have thought to say, Afilu Meir Rish Chaydesh. I would have, uh, Meir, uh, yeah. I would have said that all of the halachas start from Rish Chaydesh. Kamash from halacha of Shingam Therefore, he says, Shingamil, that's only that week. I would have thought it means even after Mayor, And therefore, he says, that it's really only before Tishabah. What's coming out according to Rabbi's opinion? Not the that we Ashkenazim have right here, okay? But this is what Rabbi holds. We follow the opinion of Rabbi Mayor that you're not allowed to take a haircut and do laundry the week of Tisha B'av until Tisha B'av. Because Rav Meir said again, but we're only taking the part of Meir Shita, which is letting us know it's not after Tisha B'av. Once Tisha B'av's over, you're allowed to take a haircut, do laundry. He's following the opinion of Shingam Lil that it's only Shavu Shechal It's only the week of. So halacha of Rava is, to wrap up his opinion, we're going to hold it here for tonight. The halacha of Rava is, you cannot do laundry, you cannot take a haircut, the week of Tishabav until Tishabav's over. But once Tishabav's gone, those things become mutter. Azayi is Rava's psak. All right, we'll hold it here for this evening, and Be'ezus Hashem, we will... Pick up uh, from the two dots tomorrow at 9.30. Uh, Gutavach. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.